We all have a creative part of our brain, whether we use it or not, for generating new ideas, problem solving, and just viewing ourselves in this world. I am Ricky McGeckron, an artist living in Chicago, and I am eager to know and share with you all how people of a creative leaning have brought this way of thinking to the forefront and how it has shifted outcomes. Daniel Sroka's art helps grow the seemingly insignificant common experiences we regularly have in nature into something deeper and personal. His work, found at danielsroka.com, is truly incredible. Daniel and I sat down a few months back and spoke about his process and the business of creativity. I am an abstract nature photographer, and I specialize in working with Uh, everyday parts of nature that you encounter, Uh, leaves, sticks, ice, uh, shells, uh, just small pieces of nature, and I create abstract work from those. Where do you do most of your photography? Do you you go on trips to to take photographs? Um, Is it just wherever? It's mainly in within my backyard or my my town or just just usually i the subjects i find are when i'm walking the dog or well the kids are older now but when they were younger waiting for the bus always found stuff while we were waiting for the bus i do a lot of work with uh, melting ice all of that is the ice that forms on my on my deck on the railing on my deck after an ice storm you know little little icicles form isn't that interesting that you are able to find the beauty and right where you are. I think that's just such a metaphor somewhat <laughs> yes. for life, for people always looking for like happiness outside themselves mm-hmm. and for like grander things to feel a sense of completeness, happiness. Right. Whereas, right. you know, a lot of it is kind of just like a little bit <laughs> paying attention to what's in front of you and being grateful. Right. And I kind of see that when you say that you are creating like this beautiful artwork from icicles on your back porch, like that that's what i think of that's a that's a fun one too you're right and the, the ice is fun because it's a it's a hassle it's nature inter- interfering in your life and and usually in a negative way you had an ice storm you know you're you're kind of trapped for a for the day as you know until the salt trucks come and, and help melt it away but it's something where you can step outside and I, I it's funny because it's it's also like a little nerve-wracking because you know it's very slippery and i usually don't work outside it's a, a little dangerous sometimes you know i feel like i'm gonna slip you know drop my my camera break the lens and all that you know i'm like at these weird angles but the work that comes out of it is worth it and most of the other work i do like i say i don't work outside which is ironic i, I work with nature but I, I bring it all inside and that's you know, it's sort of the, I used to do this, you know, live outside and work with it. And it's challenging. Uh, I'm working at a scale where a tiniest puff of wind and everything's moving and I can't right. see it. And so I have a, it's a strange relationship where I'm dealing with sort of the, 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 the chaotic nature of nature, but that's an interesting way to say that. And I'm trying to put some control onto it with my lighting, with my, I have a lot of these little clamps and clips so I can pin things down and hold them very carefully. Right. Um, so it's nature in an artificial setting. Yes, I'm. I'm. I'm well, and it's. It sort of comes back to the nature of perception and sight. So when we when we look at things, what our eyes are really doing is getting is getting very small uh, snapshots that they're, that they're printing together, almost like film. You know, you're not seeing really continuous. You're focusing on this point, then you're focusing on something closer. Your eyes are darting all over. Do you mean just as we go through the world? Just as we go through the world, our regular vision. And when you look at something, like you pick up a leaf and you look at it, you're like doing these little 
snapshots of what you're seeing and you're assembling them together to form the image of the whole in your mind. And so if I was just working with the leaf and trying to capture a picture alone, it wouldn't actually look right. I think it wouldn't really represent what your mind is seeing. So by actually holding it down and really taking that moment to kind of focus on something, it's sort of the, the it's, it's an artificial way of pausing perception for a second and saying, here's this one element that normally get a glimpse of and I'm trying to give take more time to really see deeply. It's hard talking about the process that you just do intuitively. It's hard to put into words just what you re your reaction. I see something and then I start to, it becomes a muscle memory almost of how I move the camera or the lights and how I just work with that leaf in my camera. I have to stop myself and be a little conscious of like wait what, what am I doing here because I'll just get into sort of this automatic dance with it where I'm I'm rotating this, I'm, I'm adjusting the, the position of the light, trying to get a shadow a certain way. And uh, you get into this, just this motion uh, and, and it's, it's, uh, it's very instinctive. Out comes something and then you stop and go, whoa, that was good. I like that. How did I do that? How did I get there? It's like, right. it's like walking through the woods and you're just not paying attention. And you find yourself somewhere and you go, wait, how do I get, how I get here? How did I get here and how do I get back if I want right. to? Um, so that's a lot of the challenge is, is like uh, some, of the, some of my best pieces. I'll see, I'll pick up a leaf, see it, know what I want to do with it. In just just an instant and then do it and then later go i want to i want to adjust that i want to do that a little bit differently and then i i have to find my way you know through that path back to that spot we're here at the sea conference which is what did sea stand for self-employment in the arts okay so you are talking to people that are looking to be self-employed in the arts and you exactly. spoke to you spoke to them yesterday is that accurate yes. what's the general message are you doing one-on-ones or are you doing like did you do like a presentation type thing no i didn't do a presentation yet not not ready for that i did I, uh -huh. i've been on panels and one-on-one -on -one conferences and you know round table where five or six people sat with me and we talked about okay issues what is your general what like what are you bringing to this can like at, sure. a, at a high level the basics is whenever i meet somebody who's an artist who wants to make a living the first thing you have to understand is art it might be a calling it might be a lot of people when they get into art they get into it because they love this idea of it's something different from the rest of the world you know you, you you've been called to do it it's a, it's a talent it's they 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 enjoy that sort of specialness of it sure but if you want to make a living from it you have to kind of bring in the not the dirty nature but the you have to bring in the business side of it of course and I find that I've talked to a lot of artists and some people get that immediately go, okay, I understand this is a, it's a business. And some people have a hard time accepting the idea of that their art has to be thought of as a business. And so a lot of what I try to talk about is just embracing this idea that yes, you're an artist, but learn the language of business. If you want to make a living being a creative person. So if you want to do this for your livelihood, you need to make money to make money. You have to have a business. And a business is just a series of tools, language. It's it's a it's a metaphor almost that you can embrace to help take your art and use it to create this livelihood. Okay. So it's not something to be afraid of. You're not selling out any of those things that people kind of come up with. Sure. Um, you know, the musician who does a jingle for uh, you know some business and oh he sold out. It's like no, he was smart. He made some money. He has talent. He used it, and now he can continue to make his music. It's uh, it's embracing it and uh at this conference is great everyone here they signed up they know they hear about being self-employed yeah. and so everyone's very much into that and it's just kind of 
explaining what that means because sometimes it's a little tricky. So, you know, your art is, uh, if you think about it, it's a product. And your, your collectors, as you say in the art world, they're customers. Uh, a gallery, it's a store, you know. Mm -hmm. And if you start, and the interesting thing about it is using the language of business, it starts to puncture a lot of the um, uh, scary, pompous, uh, uh, difficult parts of the art world. Like, as an artist, you're told, oh, you have to get a gallery to represent you. You need collectors. You need all this stuff. And it's a very intimidating thing. And you know, it's a store and it's customers. And once you start thinking of it that way, it's like, oh, okay, well, how do you reach a customer? Well, you yesterday we were talking about how do you uh, market your work? How do you brand yourself? And you could see an artist kind of cringing. Oh, I don't, I'm not a product. I don't brand myself. But all branding is, is how do you talk about your work? And how do you talk about your customer? How do you, how do you introduce your work to them in a way that's relevant? to them so that they understand it. Do you think that this whole idea of thinking of what you do as a business, like the, that, that seems intuitive to me. And, mm -hmm. but I do find that some people in the, this new um, creative mm -hmm. art world that I've recently kind of got into, I do feel that there are some people that aren't, I don't, I don't like marketing myself. And that seems so strange to me. Yes. It seems so strange because if you were doing anything else, you would, you, it's understood that you would have to market yourself. Right. So do you feel like that is a, in the creative world, that, 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 that is a specific place where there is pushback on that? I think, <clears throat> I think so. Uh, I think a lot of times people get involved in the arts and creative work because they don't want to deal with the businessy mm. world. Uh, they're turned off by it. And there's a lot to be turned off if you think about business in general. It can be, it is, there. Are, it's easy to point out to negative examples of businesses or, and I think there's a reaction to that. Um, and I think some of it is the culture also of art and of creative spaces where there is often a uh, just this this uh, embrace of this image of you are separate from you know the mercantile nature of society. Yeah. You're 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 not a hermit, but you're you're just separate from it, and you're able you're rising above it. And I think some people get really attracted to that identity. Yeah, this reminds me. I just had this idea that came into Excellent. my head uh, because I went to school for engineering, and mm -hmm. when I graduated. Um, most obviously, most of the kids that I was in school with, they were pursuing engineering mm -hmm. roles. I was pursuing a sales and marketing role for whatever reason. But to me, I'm realizing it's kind of the same thing. Hmm. I'm thinking like if you just want to be into science and you just get a job as a research scientist, right. I don't want to fuss with the business part. Right. It's kind True. of the it, same. It is, it's it it's is. the same thing. Yes, it is. You're right. That's a good. That's a good point. That it is. Just that nature of of the pure creative and engineering being creative act as well, like anything where you just want to focus on the the making of something as yeah. opposed to the you know the business side, which is the selling and the and yeah the marketing. And when I was in um, internet consulting, I worked at for big like agencies mm -hmm. where we would do you know e commerce projects, right. and we would have you know creative people. I would work with visual designers and copywriters. 
And a lot of those, they were all very young, but they weren't interested mm -hmm. in dealing with the client or right. dealing with anything of that. Right. They wanted to, you know, many of them would, but some of them were just focused on, and even the developers that I worked with, they were just focused on the oh. development. I don't want to talk to the client. So I'm realizing it actually is all kind true, of the same true. thing. But when you're an entrepreneur as an artist and you're creating, you know, assets, right. creative assets right. that are that you make yourself, you can't, it's another, that's another thing because right, you have right. to find a way to to sell it. Well, the challenge, I think, yeah, I've, I've worked with a lot of coders and yeah, a lot of them, they don't want to, they, give me the problem to solve and I will solve it. I and, and they want that focus. Advantage of being a coder or being an engineer is there's there's industries that are designed to allow you to do that. And be successful and make right. money and have a career there path. There is a job path totally. for being a coder where you just code. Yeah. Um, that, that's that's much more difficult for the art space. It's very hard to find a place where I just want to paint. Great, we'll pay you. You know, just paint for us. And well, we'll unless pay you. unless you're in a you work for Disney World, <laughs> uh, I was just there, and they had a lot of uh, right. They had a lot of stuff in their parks mm -hmm. that I'm thinking these are creative. Uh, production jobs are right. probably great. Great. They oh. probably don't make a lot of money, but they were they were huge Beautiful murals. Oh, yes. I, I went in the uh, Mexico mm -hmm. uh, pavilion in Epcot, mm -hmm. and they had all of this hand painted stuff in this ride. It was like a boat ride, yes. and I'm like, this was an amazing job oh, for some someone who went, oh. someone who went to art school, and mm -hmm. it must have been incredible. Right. And there was all kinds of stuff like that, but. I don't know if there's a lot the of challenge like is that. this is the this is the part maybe where the artist way of thinking is different from engineering or from coding in engineering or coding or I, I, I did graphic design as my first career. Uh, you know, you can't really do graphic design just on your own. You could, I, but you really need a project. You really need someone to hire you and, 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 of course. and give you a problem to solve. It's a problem. Solve. It's a, yeah. you're solving a business problem. Art, though, is a, is an individual exercise. You're the ideal. I form of art is you go off and you write your novel, you paint your painting, you do your work in isolation. Uh, and it's purely a work of creativity from your mind. And that's sort of the, the, the allure of it where you can do that. So even if you went to work for Disney or movie production, uh, you know, Weta Studios down in uh, New Zealand, who did the Lord of the Rings movies, I w you watch the videos on those artists. It's someone else's vision. Uh, it's You're working towards someone else's vision. Yeah. They are amazingly talented, but you have to sort of say, I'm going to work for someone else. And uh, a lot of artists don't want that. The interesting thing about that is that is exactly the mindset of an entrepreneur. I want to create something myself and work and do it. I want to make the rules about yeah. how I make it, how I sell it, everything. So there's a lot of parallel between many artists and an entrepreneurial mindset Yeah, that once the artist sees that, it gives them a path to be creative, be that isolated uh, uh, individual creative force, and then actually find a way to make money from it. They're what you have to get over is the purity of, of your work. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm You're using air quotes. I'm using air quotes there. You know, you have to get over the idea that your work is somehow um, separate and special and, and should not be sullied by commerce. And this is where there's an industry out there that kind of feeds on that. And that's the, the usual art world where, oh, no, no, you must be represent. You must be chosen by a gallery. You must be represented by the gallery, which is a horrible word. 
collectors much recognize your genius and then you're successful. It's they're buying, they're selling. And once you actually learn about the art world and how the prices are artificially inflated by collectors in and just it's a it they're very much a business about money. Mm-hmm. Yet they isolate the artist from that and kind of make it feel like you've been invited in and it's a special thing. But once you realize your your art is going to be sold at some point in some way, it's going to be traded for you know money or it's going to be bartered for food, whatever you're going to do. You can either let someone else control that or you can take control and then find a way to do it. And what I love about that is I find just as much creative challenge in running my business as I do in making the art. How can I find a way to sell this? How can I find a way to market this? Uh, how can I make a business that's interesting and, and, and just as, as exciting for me to do as my art is? And that's when you do that. I mean, it's it's great. I I, I spent, uh, you know, this past month, I spent a lot of time working on my contact database, you know, all my list of all the people I, I market to and reach out to and just coding the back end of my database to make some tools for myself to you know, see who I need to reach out to, who hasn't responded in a while, what materials I've sent to who, uh, and having fun. You're having fun with it. I'm loving it. I learned, you know, I, I learned some new, new uh, techniques and some new tools. Uh, I just read a book about uh, writing uh, business plans for uh, retail stores. Uh, I, I was visiting a store and I loved how it ran, and I was like, gosh, that must be an interesting business. And I found a book, and it was just fascinating to learn about the challenges of like, how do you create a store? that attracts people, that, that sells the product, that it's a, it's a puzzle. And it's, it's just fun. There's aspects of business which are very involving and very, uh, you know, very exciting to pursue. And so as a creative person, if you can sort of embrace that side, it's, yeah. it's very powerful. And, and that's, you see some artists who can do it, and it's like they just do some amazing things. Yeah, what I'm hearing is a sense of curiosity, really mm. about the world, is, mm-hmm. what you're, is what you're saying, not sure. just about the leaf that you're taking a photograph <laughs> of, but a curiosity about how everything right. works. Right. And um, I agree with that. That's why I did this podcast, you know, it's called Eager find... to Know. I'm a curious guy. Right. The, re- the way I came up with the name of the uh, podcast mm-hmm. was, I'm like, well, what's this all about? I'm like, well, I'm curious. So I Googled curious and the definition was eager to know. And that's the name. <laughs> But I, the reason why I mentioned that is, um, you know, that's the reason why I started this because mm, yes. I want to find out other aspects of what's what am I doing in this art world? Well, I need to talk to other creative people, and right. I, you know, and let me find out what's going on in their right. head because right. I want to know about it. But it's also going to affect maybe my artwork, but how I think about me as an entrepreneur, right. an entrepreneur. And I love uh, I I'm, I came to this event because I. The more I talk to people and more I talk to other artists, um, everybody has great ideas mm. and they might not realize how great their idea is because they don't know the context of it. You know, I was just talking to somebody and he suggested an idea for my, my work and I was like, oh, that's great. You know, mm-hmm. and he, he's, he's an art student, you know, third year art student, but it just something popped into his head. Hey, you should try doing this. And, and you can just learn. There's just so many opportunities to learn. And like, I don't claim to have any answers. Like I know what I've done and man, I gotta get a lot better at it. I mean, there's just, running this business is gonna, there's just no end, there's not gonna be a point where I've solved it. Mm-hmm. And then, cause even when you get close, the world changes, mm-hmm. the internet changes things, uh, people's relationships to mm-hmm. art change, you know, it's just a- and You uh, gotta be comfortable with that and you're or, just else, move or with else it. you're always gonna be frustrated. Yeah, and I, when I started uh, way back, uh, you know, I started messing with computers when I was a kid and, I got into graphic design partly because this was the desktop 
publishing revolution, um, which I don't know how many people remember desktop publishing as a term, <laughs> but it was changing the nature of design and that whole industry. And I knew how to use computers. They knew how to do design in a traditional way. And I went and, uh, you know, as a very junior person working for a printing company and just, they needed to do this. Hey, how do we do this on the computer? And I'd be like, uh, okay, let me figure let it me out. Figure let me it learn out. the software. And then they would teach me why, well, I was like, why are you doing that? And I'm like, well, this is why you need to do it. And, uh, you know, so I quickly transitioned from using, you know, mechanical pens and exacto knives to doing whatever I could on, you know, the old Mac and the, and the laser printer. And, and uh, so this is a whole nother, uh, <laughs> another podcast episode. Okay. We won't is, but oh no, but I would love to hear all about that. That's amazing. But it's that, that it's that curiosity of. Bring, I don't know where I'm going with that. <laughs> no, that I, no, it's, it's curious. It's you're giving a problem and solving it and being curious about how to do something new. Mm -hmm. And it's, that's what I was, because of the industry, the change. So getting in design, there was a big change with computers towards desktop publishing. And then a few years later, the internet happened and a change happened again. And then with the internet coming, it's been several big revolutions and how people interact, uh, it, how they deal with it. Oh, at the beginning, you know, in, in the early 90s, mid 90s, it was, oh, people will never buy online. People will never, uh, you know, have, you know, online dating. What a joke. People are never going to do this. And nowadays, social media has the main way people interact. And of course, people buy online. It, it, and you have to be able to adapt and change to all mm -hmm. these things. And, sure. uh, and that's, that's where the challenge comes in. Nice. Can you give people that are listening to this a couple tips on... Uh... I don't know. T tips. I'm going to leave I'm going to leave it open. Hmm. T who would this be for? For artists? This is people that are look so my the person that I am envisioning listening to my podcast, my ideal customer. Is, my ideal customer, <laughs> my ideal listener is someone who is looking to embrace the creative part of their brain. Um, to explore their creativity, whether in a small mm -hmm. way or whether it means they want to stop being a lawyer and start doing something different. Right. But someone who is looking to tap into that part right. of themselves. I would say the first thing is don't assume you have to do things in the traditional way. If you're a painter, don't assume you have to do the gallery path or, or be, in, be in, in, in shows and win competitions. Make no assumptions about that. There, are, Those are paths that have worked for some people in the past. That doesn't mean it's the only path forward. So be, and it doesn't mean that they're not bad paths. They could still work. Some people make total careers out of the traditional art, uh, art uh, business side. But be open to new ideas and be open okay. to explore the new paths. And be open to using whatever tools and language you have. So if you're a lawyer in, in your current life and you want to switch over, you have a lot of experience, a lot of, of, of mental training and use that, uh, you know, try to find a way that you can use that either the relationships you've made, the knowledge you've gained or the, 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 you know, your, your, your mental agility that you've learned uh, yeah. or something there. And don't be afraid of thinking of it. Like you're starting a business. It actually, the language of business, the metaphor of it is so powerful because it gives you a way to think about what you're doing that's a little less intimidating. If you if you go to someone and say, I'm quitting my job, I've been a lawyer, I'm gonna go and be an artist. 
you know, people are just going to roll their eyes and go, oh my God, it's very hard to say that. It's a very difficult thing to say. I'm going to go start my own business. Really? Interesting. People are suddenly much more supportive. What are you doing? Well, I, uh, you know, I, I love photography. A friend of mine, he's a, uh, he was a pharmacist for many years and he discovered a love of photography and wanted to do portrait photography. And so he made that transition over and he found a way to create a business to support that new endeavor. So it's, you know, don't, you know, use that as a tool to help you uh, kind of framework, frame your, your work. And the great thing also is once you start thinking of it as a business, oh, the resources that are out there, you know, you can learn. Now you can go to someone and say, I have, I have a question. I need to find my ideal customer. How do I do that? Yeah. There's books, there's classes, there's, <clears throat> if you just say, I'm trying to, oh, I, I need collectors for my work. You're not going to get much help. It's harder to find those answers. So I, I embrace the business side. It's, it's powerful. And uh, once, you, once you accept that, you're, uh, you know, the creative artistic side plus a, a business savvy, oh man, you're unstoppable, I think. It, it's just a, you really are, you know, using all the tools that it's, I think people are afraid of that because uh, when they want to keep artists sort of, no, no, you stay over there. You just create, you do your pretty stuff. Leave the business over here to us because it's a way of gaining control and, uh, and, and sort of keeping, keeping things the way they've been. And so once, if you're that artist and you say, no, I'm going to start coming over into the business side, I'm going to start exploring that. I'm going to know contracts. So when someone's talking to me about, they have a budget for a job or they're offering me money, I'm going to go, excuse me, I'm looking at your contract. You're saying you're taking my copyright. That is not allowed. I do not. Here's my contract. And it stops them. And the great thing is it's, almost everyone I've worked with, once they understand you're an artist who can talk business, oh, they love it. Like I get most of my clients, uh, most of my most loyal customers are, they just tell me, it's like, oh, we, we started working with you because you returned our phone calls. You sent our emails. You gave us prices when we asked. You, you gave us invoices when we needed them. You delivered the art on time. Just basic stuff. Yeah. And they say, you don't, you don't understand how rare that is. So even just showing up and being a professional, you it gives you a leg up all, over so many people and then you can get better and better and better and, uh, and improve what you do okay makes sense well thank you very much where can people learn more about your or see your work or learn more about you on my website okay <laughs> danielsroka.com how do you spell that d-a-n-i-e-l-s-r-o-k-a.com okay great well thank you so much for talking thank you. to I me i appreciate it. this is really fun all right good my name is Ricky McGeckrin, and you have been listening to Eager to Know, the podcast. If you haven't already, please go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Eager to Know podcast.